Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. That's me. I wanted to shout out to Jacob, Olivia, and Benny right out of the gate. How are you all as producers? And What's I know up? Some of you can chat and some of you can't. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. What's up? Benny's here. You're here. Hey, very good. Great to have you. It takes a village. Um, you know, one of the things that I want to say before I introduce Anne to all of you is that we've done a number of shows over the past, I'd say two and a half to three years, maybe even before that, on burnout. As a matter of fact, I participated in a study, uh, my, myself and my roommate at the time, we were both in school. Um, she was getting her master's degree in um, psychology. I was in school and she was part of the police force in LA. And so she said to me, you know, I know you're studying these things. I want to report on these things. And she did this phenomenal study research product project it was a this was my first real introduction to burnout as an energy entity so to speak my language i think Anne uses that too <laughs> but i think what she found what went beyond what people were really looking at because I don't know if you know anything about the police department in LA or Los Angeles in general, big city, but burnout is insidious at so many levels. What do I mean by that? If you think that burnout shows up in a unidimensional way, it doesn't. If you think that it is an event and not more of a process, maybe you'll learn something different today from Ann. If you think that you wake up one day and boom, it's like a cold, you got the cold. <laughs> You're gonna probably learn some things today because what Ann, uh, and again, Ann, I'm gonna say it, Barubi, and I gave it like a rolling R, which is probably <laughs> not right either, but no, you Anne, did it well. Did I do pretty good on that? Yeah, All you right. did really well. <laughs> good. Um, the book she wrote is called The Burnout Antidote. But let's not pay attention to the title at the moment because I want to read the rest of it because this is really, this is where the juicy is. A spiritual guide to empowerment for empaths, overgivers, and highly sensitive people. I totally relate to that. <laughs> totally like relate to that. And one of the things that 
I love about this is that it is very difficult once you're up close and personal to burnout to approach it in anything other than an emotional well-being conversation, a healing conversation, a restoration conversation, um, uh, overgiver, empath, absorption, energy vampire. I mean, I could go on about it, but it is so not talked about that way in so many circles. Mm-hmm. And Anne is bringing it. If you want to know who Anne is, she is a spiritual teacher. Uh, she has, you're going to hear her story and her insights today as well. She helps people tap into awakening and awaken um, whatever that is. How do you free yourself from yourself? How do you do that? She's, she's the author of other books. So let's just be really clear about that. Be free, be free, think, do. Let's just say that she's on a roll, right? She's on a <laughs> roll. Um, she has shared the stage. She and I have this in common. <laughs> We've been on the stage with a couple of really cool people. You cannot be that and write about burnout from a very literal left brain perspective. So fasten your seatbelts. I want you to meet Dr. Ann. And here we go. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Pet. I'm so happy to be here. That was probably the best introduction I've ever had. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And now let me (laughs) let me have you correct anything that I misspoke. No, that was wonderful. That was so wonderful. Yeah, I'm really happy to be having this uh, meaningful conversation with you and knowing that we can approach yeah. this this um, this issue that a lot of people are having right now from a very different perspective and kind of seeing it from a crisis and meaning in a spiritual crisis where, and we're not talking about a religious crisis here, we're talking about a spiritual crisis, like at a deep soul level, who was I before I was born and who will I be when I'm when I die, this essence that is really full of power and energy and meaning and joy. But if we if we don't bring it into the conversation of wellness, then we <laughs> we're um, we're gonna you know we're just gonna uh, run run in circles and 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 stay in the vicious cycles. We just won't get anywhere new. Okay, so let me just can I tell you. Um, I have crafted a new model because my frustration is exactly what you just said. And when you come from studying the way you have, from speaking, from being on the stage with people, you know, you get to know up close from your personal life. Because when you say yes to the path, your life path, the one you're on, the one I'm on, it doesn't come without challenges and obstacles. And I remember my mentor saying this to me, Dr. Ann, I remember my mentor saying to me once after 10 days in the desert, and she said to me, wow, that's a really big vision you have. And by the way, you haven't even graduated from your doctoral program. (laughs) And I said, so that was like my answer to my shaman mentor in the middle of a desert, right? And she said, you're right. So. And then she said, get yourself fit. Because when you have a vision, and it doesn't have to be big, any vision, you're going to bump up against life. 
What has been your experience with that? Because you don't write a book uh, called The Burnout Antidote without having bumped up against this yourself. I no, <laughs> not, no, not at all. And, and you know, I feel uh, when I share this, this, this part of the story, I feel a little bit embarrassed because as a spiritual coach, I burnt out. And I, you know, I remember being in my office sitting with, you know, with my computer and I was huffing and puffing and my husband, you know, came and put his hand on my, on my shoulders and he said, are you okay? I said, oh, I think I need to refer this client to someone who still likes people. And he, and he was like, okay, honey, you need a break. Like you're, you know, loving, liking people is part of your work. Like you have to. And, but I was, I had this limiting belief that when you find your path and you're two feet on it and you're finally, you know, aligned with your vision that you don't burn out. And that's not true, especially if you're an empath and you're a highly sensitive person. And, you know, and many of us were born into environments that did not support those gifts. And so when we end up giving and being of service and being there for other people, um, and, and we and we don't have um, these healthy boundaries. Perhaps we have porous boundaries or even rigid boundaries, like not this um, connection to that that core essence that allows you to um, to to really stand in your power, even when someone's going through a crisis. Um, then you you know you burn out and you um, you lose your passion, and then you think, well, I thought I. I thought I knew what I wanted to do. Like, what is this about? You become disenchanted. You become resentful. Uh, people that you love. And so, and then, it, you know, a lot of people just, just throw in the towel and they, they, they stop being of service because it's too much. But we need all of us, <laughs> all the empaths, all the highly sensitive light beings. Like we, the, you know, all the beautiful souls that came to help with the rise of consciousness right now we need everyone so that's yeah. why i wrote the book mostly for myself <laughs> and then I realized okay yeah there's a lot of us that can can use this recalibration and redefining also what it means to be of service what it means to be an empath and what it means to burn out it's actually quite a quite a gift when you see it in this lens yeah. <laughs> you know that's really really where i wanted to start the conversation with you because you know one of the things i think that happens especially if you are like us, I mean, I am in a field where, you know, when, when you have launched a positive talk network, and you're dealing with hundreds of hosts, and you're on uh, coaching them, and you're helping them rise up. Uh, and at the same time, you've got your list of expansion and technology, there are days that you might have, and I would like you to address this, there are days you may have where you say to yourself, man, I just don't feel like going in the studio today. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, if you say that to somebody other than you, Anne, <laughs> they would say immediately, get out of the game and sell your business. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then every once in a while, the gift is somebody will actually say that to you. And you look at them like, are you crazy? right? But just because we have those days doesn't mean we're ready to throw in the towel. Isn't that the insidious nature of burnout? Burnout mm -hmm. will have us believe sometimes that you failed. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's not, it's not a failure. I almost see it sometimes as a, as a, um, 
like a, an, an important step, you know, like an actual step that, you know, uh, people on their spiritual path go through like a badge of honor almost because, yeah. you know, it's, you know, when, when you find yourself at, you know, hitting the wall and completely clueless, you're like, I don't know. Like I, I give it up. Like I, you know, do, do, do what you need. Like I, I'm just, I don't know what to do anymore. You surrender in a way that is so powerful and in a way that maybe other experiences would not have allowed you to the comfort of other experiences, the comfort of maybe, you know, being in a, in a career that doesn't push you or challenge you because we are here to continue to evolve constantly, always move through, heal, transform, say yes to this new incarnation. And then again, and then again, and then I see it like a spiral that opens up. So we think, oh, I've dealt with that. I wrote the book, I'm done. And it's like, no, no, you're not. We're moving up. We're doing more. We have another layer to, to let go, to surrender so that you can step into your gift even more. And I, I, I really believe that this repositioning of burnout and of, you know, disenchantment and losing that passion is, is, is this really important step for light workers right now to really see in a different lens yeah. that it's not the end. You did not fail. You're not, it's not that you're not good enough. It's not that you are not strong enough. You're actually being called for more, but we need to see it in a different way. That's what I love. And, you know, the book really addresses that issue quite well. And the way you've laid it out, one of the lines in the book is to know where you're going, you need to understand where you come from or came from, right? I think that's early on in the book. I think that's a phrase that you use. And then you go on to talk about it. But I want to get back to something that you said. And it, it leads me to a different question. Now, I battled in my research with academic folks that there is no logical or rational reason for there to be a wellness model and a well-being model. Mm. So I combine them and I call it well-beingness. <laughs> now, that's not official. I can't claim it. I've redesigned it because they're very similar but one leaves out one of the elements of the other. And it's mm -hmm. confusing. Health providers will look at a wellness model. Maybe people that deal more cognitive and mental or emotional may look at the well-being model. But the fact that there are two models really talks to the point where we're totally confused. Mm -hmm. about how and divided. We, and divided about how do we even address some of the challenges. And burnout right now is like at the number one list. What do you think? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And what I found is that, you know, you could go years and years in talk therapy and, and try to address trauma and try to address what is holding you back, keeping your heart closed. Um, and it will take a very long time and you'll have incremental changes. And often that's because the person who's supporting you or perhaps the angle or the paradigm in which it's being addressed doesn't see the more that you can be they're trying to bring you back to normal right so we're not trying to bring people back to normal from burnout we're actually seeing them for the god force that they are for the light 
core essence that they are and the potential and, 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 and the grandeur, you know, that yeah. is in them. And so when you use that as a, as a context for healing and for well-being and wellness, um, you are empowering people uh, with their own light. Uh, and that takes me to really asking you this question, because in the book, you, uh, you talk about redefining burnout service and empathy. And I walked away from reading this part of the book, especially, I was especially, I was especially interested in, albeit a small part of the book, in what you call intellectual, uh, intelligent burnout. I, I, I want to talk about that <laughs> in a hot minute. I wish yeah. you'd have wrote a whole chapter on it. Um, <laughs> But we are in an interesting paradoxical moment. For a lot of us, being in service is both depleting and fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not the paradox. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But what you write about is it doesn't have to be that way. We can do something about it. What do you see? As the author of this book, working with many people, clients, and by the way, you, you really address uh, anger and women, and I'll get to that. But <laughs> what do you see is the greatest thing we need to shift in order to, to move that from a paradox to a harmonic conversions? Mm. Oh, I love how you frame that. Yes. So that just came to me. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. We we have an understanding of service that's really connected to martyrdom and to giving everything you've got because love was modeled to us as something you give until you don't have any more. And we've seen women, um, you know, our mothers, our grandmothers, the women around us, um, you know, put their core essence aside so that they could focus on being of service to to the people around them, or we have come with so much capacity for holding space for someone, for listening, for, for bringing insight. And, and as children, we were in environments that needed us so much. And so being of service for a lot of us comes from this need to be needed or the need to please. And, and, and that really comes from our childhood. Like if, if I'm, so this, this, this happened to me, I realized I don't know who I am if people don't need me. I don't know who I am if, if I can't do this work. And, and, and that was my new edge as a, as a healer, I continue to heal all the time. That was my edge. Okay, so who am I when people don't need me? Who was I when I was a little girl and before people needed me? And I realized I did not know the answer to that question that for as long as I could remember, people needed me and people took from me and I was able so and capable and I, I gave. And so from the very beginning, my compass was, you know, in my understanding of service was I can, therefore I should. Yeah. And, and, um, and I will, I will give until I'm on the ground because that's what love is. And <laughs> if that's the propeller for service, you burn out, eventually you hit the wall. You really do like, um, the, the other side of that is okay. My divine love for myself, my cup being full, my light being completely in my body, in my light 
and standing in reverence for the person in front of me as opposed to in giving, but in reverence, right? Because I'm in my own light completely changes everything. And often it means that some relationships you have to go in your life. It means that you shift the way that you uh, serve. Um, and then you, we go through the process of having mm -hmm. to let go of some people. And that's that for someone who's an empath and is of service, that's really hard because that doesn't feel like love. But as we heal that child, that inner child inside of us that doesn't know if it's okay and safe to be that sensitive in this world right now, yeah. when we heal that, it changes the way we serve completely. Um, I want to get to something you write in the book, and uh, it really is going to be the basis for pretty much the rest of what we chat about. You talk about the root of burnout, and I love the way I love the way you invite us to the conversation because I love this style of writing. And it, may I? It says yeah. you are not burnt out because you are less able, less qualified, or or more sensitive than other people. You are not tired because you are unable to manage your time properly. You are not depleted because of the mountain of work you have to do or because of your inability to handle the workload. You are not exhausted because you are weaker or less willing than others. You are burnt out because you are plugged in to the wrong outlet. <laughs> and energy is managed inefficiently in your body and is sucked out of you. I had to read that because all those things I, that you say we're not, we think that. We yes. think that I'm burned out because I yes. can't sleep at night because I worry about this. Mm -hmm. But you mm -hmm. see, you're clarifying something for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's an inner approach to, okay, this is, this is about this calibration that needs to happen within myself with deep self-love and not the self-love of going to get a massage, grabbing a glass of wine. Like I'm talking about turning towards the shame, turning towards the fear, turn, turning towards that little girl that says, hey, I've been here since, since two years old, or I've been here since four, since that happened, or since these events happened, and you haven't looked at me. You've been numbing yourself. You've been trying to distract yourself from seeing. I, I hold your power. I hold that unlimited um, fountain of energy that you're looking for. Look at me. Let's spend time together. I love you. And, and, and we have to have this conversation with her or him, the, you know, that inner child. So that's the, that's the, the, the center of the, of the shift in seeing this, this burnout is saying, it's not about time management or, you know, um, even changing careers. It's, it's, it's about stopping for a moment long enough so that you can do this work for yourself. Because what's on the other side is mm. more of you, more of you, more bliss, more of joy, more of more energy, but most importantly, more inner peace and meaning. It's incredible. Um, I want to take a short break, and when we come back, I want to I want to talk about now the portal that you take us through in the book. You know, the conversation that you have about unconscious mind but also about conscious mind. And one of the most interesting things that you lead us through the pathway of is if we recognize these unconscious patterns, and sometimes it's hard uh, to do it, but for example, if you are not sleeping at night, something's off, right? 
Sleep is like a natural thing. Of course, if there are some other things going on, but that's what you talk about. Mm. And then you lead us through conversations of fear. Now, when I was younger, I read a series of books, turned into a movie, pop culture movie now. But I, I, I got involved in this, I think, in the 60s. And it was the first version of Dune, the original Benson books of Dune. And I was so ignorant when I was younger. But I never, ever, ever, ever forgot. And they brought it back to life again. Fear is the mind killer. When we come back. We're going to talk with Dr. Ann about why that is and why is it in this pop culture movie and even more profoundly in the original books for all of y'all that are out there watching the latest version of Dune, get the books, read the book. How is it fear is the mind killer, but in that one conversation and scene, it connects fear with physical pain. Hello, was he on to something or not? Uh, before we go, how do people get a copy of your fabulous book? How do they find out more about you, Dr. Ann? Uh, they can go to my website, uh, anneberube.com. So A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E.com. Now, that is all going to be tied in to erroneous thoughts when we <laughs> come back. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with Ann. Want to ignite your best life full of joy, passion, and purpose? Then join me, Stephanie James, for The Spark, Wednesday nights, 6 o'clock Pacific Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, on TransformationTalkRadio.com, and learn how together we can illuminate the world. Learn more on StephanieJames.world. The best is yet to come. Don't miss Colette Marie Stephan on The Truth is Funny, Ship Happens, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Colette is a renowned energy worker here to help you see the serendipitous humor of the truth. It's funny. Tune in and laugh with Colette, shift into your highest potential. Call into the show to work on your personal shift with Colette and visit TheTruthIsFunny.com to learn more about all the life-shifting services Colette offers. Hi, I'm Coach Martez. And I'm licensed therapist with Drina Layton. We want to invite you to join us on the Coach Martez and with Drina Layton show, where we discuss understanding love, accepting truth, and changing your perspectives. Relationships are the currency to life, and so many couples find themselves broke in their relationships. We want you to join us for a lively discussion and practical tips and insights on how to turn things around and gain the merit for life mindset. Hey, everybody, it's me, psychic medium, Jamie. And me, Spirit Walker, Nicole. We are so excited to introduce you to our new live call-in show called Shades of Spirit on TransformationTalkRadio.com. As we connect you with your crossed over loved ones, angels, and guides, and also help you develop your own psychic and healing abilities. For more information and to book your own private experience, go to ShadesOfSpirit.com and also follow us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to find out who you really are? 
Are you ready to have fun and listen to the soul part of yourself? Indulge in a deeper meaning with Laura Goldstein, host of Coffee with the Universe. This show will awaken that true self hidden deep within you and will get you energized on who you were created to be. So go ahead, grab your cup of joe and experience Coffee with the Universe with Laura Goldstein on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. I love, I love what Anne does because, you know, it's always interesting for me that when I get a copy of a book that comes across my desk, I'm always in awe about how Linda knows to schedule them and how parallel an experience may be that I'm going through in my life at the moment. And then I read the book and I pick the book up. And I think to myself, yep, I'm doing that. Oh, I did that. Yep, that one right there. Uh, okay. Yep, that right there. Uh, maybe on this one. And we're going to talk about these erroneous thoughts. And, you know, and, and I think, and what you've done is you've put some of them in, in the book. But the idea of shining a light on these, right? Mm-hmm. is to help us understand that we can either reverse them mm-hmm. or heal them mm-hmm. or adjust them, mm-hmm. right? Or annihilate them all completely, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let them go. Let them go. They do not serve us anymore. We do not need them anymore. Why yeah. the heck do we hold on to them? I mean, look, <laughs> you go through your life, you know, you're on your life's path right? There are signs, things that have shown up, being on the stage with all of these great people, having a book like this, having multiple books, going and doing a book tour, talking, you know, you're going to be coming to Seattle and telling us, you know, doing some book readings, all of that. And you wake up one day and some bump in the road happens in your career. We could either go down the rabbit hole with Alice. Mm -hmm. And go from a bump in the road to an entire avalanche mm-hmm. in less than 10 seconds, right or wrong? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I, we say like, change your thoughts, change your life, right? Mm-hmm. But the, the thing that completely changed my life is when I discovered that my body was the temple for my soul what that my my uh, my body was actually a biological processor of energy and information and that if i didn't use it for the instrument that it actually was made for which is to know and to heal and to incarnate even more of our light then i'm missing out on an authentic life i'm missing out on a real life and so change your thoughts, change your mind, which, you know, our beautiful friend Wayne Dyer, um, change your life, sorry, change your thought, change your life, um, talked about, you know, I always like to take that a little deeper, because if you change your body, you can change your thoughts. If you go to the roots of your thoughts, because your thoughts were not born in your brain, they were not born in your intellect, they were, they actually came from an something that ingrained in your body, an event, some multiple events, experiences that lodged themselves in your body, in the tissue, in the cells, in the fascia, in the organs, in the muscles. 
and then created your erroneous thoughts. I get it. You in the book, <laughs> you call them cues found in our biology. I think that's yeah. one of the references in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And exactly. I love this. But you take it one step further, if I could just add you to comment on this, if you don't mind. Yeah, the one step further that you take that was extremely helpful for me today was not just understanding this, cues from our childhood, cues from our biology, right? Mm -hmm. All of that, losing love, all of those things. Who were you before you were needed? See, all of those have to be looked at before you can even get to that question. And I wanted to <laughs> ask you, this is not an intellectual conversation of what you've written here. This is an energetic and a spiritual conversation. That's different. And that is an important way that we have to adjust burnout now, right? Because these Absolutely. other things, they're helpful, but they're not going to get permanent relief. They're not going to be sustainable and they're not going to bring the change that you want. And they're only going to recycle the past and, and present it into a different lens. That's it. But what we are craving and what we know we're meant for are quantum changes, our leaps, our transformation that bring us more into our power. And so when we look at what lives in our body and is in the way of us incarnating even more light, of accepting more love into our bodies, when we look at that, we can really shift what informs our energy, what informs our thoughts, what informs our behaviors and our actions and our words, because it all comes from the inner world that we, that we hold inside our temple, which is our body. Mm -hmm. So what you, what you carry inside is what will be reflected. And so if in, in your life, and so what if part of what you're carrying inside is the skewed understanding of service understanding of love, understanding of empathy and burnout, then you, you, your lens will be erroneous and it won't support you moving forward. You can find other ways to address the problem that will take you back to a baseline, but I'm talking about just stepping fully into your power and actually living, living with so much joy and so much meaning. So yeah. it, process it's a healing and transformational process <laughs> right. but this is what you do to help people go through it and i i can't emphasize this enough um it is a healing it is a transformational process it is an energetic process it is a vibrational process it's a spiritual process it's all of this and it really is left out of most of the burnout conversations that we're having now, especially in corporations, because, mm -hmm. oh my God, let us not talk about emotions and spirituality. <laughs> However, what you do so beautifully is the way you take us through looking at this stuff first and then get us through find the great mother and father within. Okay. <laughs> There's an exercise in your book. After my first vision quest with my mentor, in 1997, it took me a year to do this, even after my vision quest. But if there was one thing that I would invite people to do is, first of all, get your book, 
right? For those of you out there, and I think Jacob, you're, you're putting up images or Olivia on Facebook, but, and the book is The Burnout Antidote, A Spiritual Guide to Empowerment for Empaths, Overgivers, and Highly Sensitive People, and a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But there's an exercise in here, and I'm just going to mention it because it's a door opener for us to get to looking at the great mother and father within. And it is the one that you called, I see you. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, when people read that, you know, you're onto something when you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple. I know. <laughs> and I know. it will bring up so much. And it will be so telling. So if you can't do it, don't be hard on yourself. Right. Don't go, oh, I can't do this. No, be curious. Instead of enduring this feeling you have, be curious about, okay, why, why is it that it's difficult for me? Because that question will take you back to yourself. Okay, let me tell you how I had to cheat at this. And then we're going <laughs> to jump ahead. It took me a while back then, because the vision quest cracked open so much of what you have in your book, right? Mm -hmm. you know, it brought me to uh, my knees in so many ways, you know, showed me the person who, that I was to become. And so in order for me to look in the mirror, my mentor, <laughs> I love my mentor, she passed away very suddenly, uh, several two, three years later, she gave Sorry me a little small mirror, she gave me a teeny one. I couldn't stand in front of a big mirror. <laughs> Gave me this little teeny mirror that I could hold up and look in one eye. Mm. Now, isn't the reality of this? We must start wherever we must start without judgment. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It does not do anything good to say, oh, I'm not advanced enough to, to do this work or I have too much shame to do this work. I could not possibly step into that. It's too scary or I'm too old. I hear that so much. Like, I'm, oh my God, that is you too late right in life. Yeah. Oh I'm my too gosh. Late, too late in my life to start this. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is exactly the time you're supposed to start this because everything that you've been through prepared you for this moment, no matter how old you are. And especially when you're, you know, when you're in um, your third act, for example, because it's like, oh my goodness, you are the wise women and the wise yeah. men who's rising in you. If you, you will regret it if you don't do it. You will. Like and Ronnie Ware says, the ten, five, top five regrets of the dying. I wish I'd live a life that was mine, not one that belonged to others or that others wanted me to live. You know, um, one of the things I want to just tell everybody, uh, and by the way, let's give out your website again. And again, tell people about the book and tell them um, how they can get a copy of the book. Because the next thing we're going to talk about is tapping into what I call the magic of this healing invitation you have. And yeah. to really get at this so that we can decode, right? Yeah. Not yeah. desensitize. Decoding is not Decode. desensitizing. So that we can decode. Absolutely. Again, tell us how yeah. we get a copy of your fabulous book. Yeah, you can find, find you can find a direct link to buy the book on my website, which is anneberube.com, A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B-E-R-U-B
bbe.com. And there's also on my website, um, a free self-assessment for, um, so that you can find your own self-love roadmap. So there's a, there's a, there's a few free tools there to help you with burnout from this perspective. Um, and you will be uh, getting out on the road. So I understand you will be coming over to Seattle at some point. Yes, I don't have okay. a specific date now, but I will, it will all be on my website. Um, okay. So you can go on, um, you know, events, upcoming event, and you will see when I'm coming to Seattle. <laughs> um, I'm excited to spend the rest of the show having you talk about, you know, now what are some of the most important ant ant antidotes that we can really possibly think about. Mm -hmm. everything from reclaiming our true nature which might be highly sensitive okay mm -hmm. you know i've been called a, i've been called sensitive um but how all of it then taps into stepping into the power of our core essence i'm going to make a statement and then i want you to just go <laughs> okay because you're, you're talking about mother father decoding mm -hmm. <laughs> i had some great mentors but one of them would say to me, actually several, my mom, my stepmom, and my mentor, Sidonia Cahill, and a therapist I went to. See, therapy was really good for me because it helped me stop doing stupid things, like get out of that narcissistic relationship. That's not even negotiable, girlfriend. What are you thinking? Yeah. You know, somebody that throws you down a flight of stairs and you still go home, what's up with that? So she yeah. helped me with that. Yeah. But here's the thing they would say. And it didn't matter where I was in life. Homeless at 17, it didn't matter. They would say something like, you have not come this far to fail. Mm. It took mm -hmm. me a lifetime. But I have to remember that because doubt, fear is the mind killer, but doubt is the dream killer. Mm -hmm. and Absolutely. doubt tell me if i'm wrong or right <clears throat> along with everything you mentioned what does doubt do mm -hmm. to burnout mm -hmm. well we we've we haven't been taught how to trust ourselves to trust our intuition at a deeper level in the body mm -hmm. so you know i'm not talking about vanity like you know like ego and even like narcissism, like, you know, trusting ourselves at that level. I'm talking about when, especially women, like when we know deep in our gut, deep in our hearts, deep in our bones, that something is true, that something is right, that something is powerful and meaningful for us. We moments later start to negotiate. We go up in our heads and we start to negotiate with ourselves. And so as soon as we say, as soon as we are up in our head, negotiating and making compromises about what we know deeply inside, then we know we're not in our core essence. We know we're not in our power. We're in our intellect, which is beautiful, but it is not connected to our potential. It's not connected to our uh, soul. So I'm in Kauai right now, and I'm teaching a program, a Lemurian Huna program. Mm. And one of the things that the ancient Hawaiians believe is that the intellect is not directly connected to source. So you cannot know God, or you cannot know source through the mind, that the body is actually the knower. And, and the one that the part of us that actually 
processes the divine and knows the divine. And so the communication goes both ways. We receive both ways. We receive a tremendous amount of information from source through our bodies. And then we can also inform our bodies with our intellect by placing intentions or placing our attention. So attention will activate energy and intention will activate information. So we can use our intellect in a way that's brilliant as opposed to just letting all the same old, same old thoughts and doubts and fears um, um, lead the show. Like we, we want the knowing. And so I, I always say like, practice trusting yourself, practice believing your body. Your body knows it is, it is the one that houses I mean, everything below the neck. I said, just go below the neck and go feel what's in yeah. there. And, and you will find, yes, you'll find pain because you've been holding on to so much since you were young, but you'll also find magic and you'll find divinity and you'll find meaning and you'll find that next step that you need to really step into, mm-hmm. your, into your power. You know, one of the things you say in the book, and this I think gets to it, really to the essence of some of what we're talked about, but the book, and this is an hour show, it doesn't really talk about the work that you're doing to help people, but healing at the soul body level never ends. And that comes right after this statement. This is what I love. And I'd love for you to talk to it. You will never regret following your core essence. And because you have built a strong embodied foundation Engaging your purpose in this way will energize, excite, and inspire you. It will not burn you out. You are now plugged into the source of your being, listening to your body when you are disconnected and readjusting your course and moving forward from the light of your soul. I love that, right? It will not burn you out. See, that doesn't burn us out. No. It's... I was talking to one of my coaching um, mentees the other day and she texted me and she woke up and she had a negative $200 in her bank account. And that was the first beginning of the text. And then the rest of the text was, I'm not going to write my book. I'm not, I mean, I just, it was a whole list of yes. everything you have in the yeah. book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, we have to understand where that comes from, because a negative balance in your book, look, all the people that I mentioned you've been on stage with, that I've been on stage with, every one of them has gone through financial despair. I remember a conversation with Jack Canfield about on the boat, on the edge of bankruptcy before getting the chick. Everyone that I have ever talked to that has had a dream, probably you and me, Mm-hmm. have been faced with the illusion of failure yes. from a checking account. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an article. I should write that article. Uh, yes. The but illusion you understand of what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we don't follow your lead in the book and stay connected to our core essence, mm-hmm. then a bank transaction becomes so much more than simply a bank transaction. Can you talk to mm-hmm. that a little bit? Because yeah, those be- are burnout items for me. It, beca- it becomes the, the proof 
of all your limiting beliefs. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was right. I was right. I, this is, this is my life. I'm not good enough. I can never do this. Um, and so it comes and we see it as a validation for our limiting beliefs. And so, and that's normal. When people have those thoughts, like don't beat yourself up for having the thoughts. It's like for me, like every time I step on stage, I hear the thought, you oh. are going to go there, tell them something they don't know. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> every single time, whether it's 30 people or 1800 people, you know, it doesn't matter. I have the thought and then I'll go, oh, hi, there you are again. Oh, <laughs> so, so cute. Um, <laughs> why don't you come along with me? I'm not going to push it away. I'm not going to get angry at it. I'm not going to believe it, but I'm, you know, I'll say, come along, let's go to the center together, but I'm going to leave. You can come though. Oh, I can come. Okay. So then I show up with that too, because I'm human and I show up with my doubt, but I'm the doubts not leading that my heart's leading. And when my heart leads, there's no content. I am a blank brain when I show up to the center of that stage and all I do is love them. I stand there and I love them. I, and then in that love, in that moment of being there with them and loving them, everything's provided. The words come, it's all there. Nothing's missing. And that takes practice because your brain says, no, 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 alert, alert. You need a plan. You need your paper. You need to know where you're, you know, yeah. but it's the trust that you are that that when you go below you know I say below the neck because I, it's like when you sink into yourself and you go beyond the fear and the doubt and you let the heart be vulnerable and sensitive and open in front of other people you become you become yourself you 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 emerge as who you're meant to be I love that we're talking about this because it doesn't matter if you're on stage or you're on the stage of your life. You know, everyday items may come up that give us those feelings of doubt and fear. And I think what you're presenting to us in the antidote of all of this is a way to remember what we're capable of, really remember what the gifts are that we've been given. You know, just the fact that humanity is in existence, just the fact that your life is in existence, just the fact that you're able to dream, even if you don't know how that's going to manifest. If we do and follow what you're suggesting, then burnout will not become the showstopper for us. And burnout is a showstopper for a lot of people, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the, they see it as the end and that's it and they're done. And we need you to not end there. We need you to share your light. This is the time in history where we need light workers more than ever. So see your sensitivity as a superpower and allow your put, you know, put really strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. When your body tells you, Nope, nope. When you sense yourself tightening up, when you get a text from someone, when you get a phone call from someone, when you watch something 
trust your body. It never lies to you. Put a boundary. Block that person or say, I've done this before. Like, oh, I am going on a two-month writing retreat in my own home. I'm not going to be answering texts or emails. Mm. (laughs) Say that to the people that, you know, to everyone if you want. Just to see how it feels for your parasympathetic system to kick in and be safe, emotionally safe. You and I could probably do a whole show on the last part of the book, but I had just (laughs) finished reading and I'll leave you with this. I just finished reading the last part of the book on manifesting when you decided to do your PhD, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It was decided Mm -hmm. from intellect. And I had my finger in the page and I was unpacking because I knew I was going to do this show remotely today. And I unpacked everything and I forgot the cord to my laptop. And it was late. There was nobody in the office or the studio. And I remember calling Jessica and having my finger in the book on this page. And as I was holding the book, all of a sudden, I'm talking to Jessica and I said, you know, I'm going to go get the other cord for the laptop that I have that's of the same brand and see if it works. Now, that was an intuitive insight that I got because I had just finished reading parts of what you suggest. If fear would have taken over that moment, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had that idea. And let me ask you this in the final moments. Aren't we born to create? Aren't we born to create? And doesn't your book help us with that? Absolutely. It's a guide really to manifesting from the soul, to expressing and creating, co-creating with the universe from the soul. And that is why we're here. Absolutely. 100%. Dr. Ann, thank you so much. We could do an hour on PhD stories. We'll have to do that. (laughs) Again, tell folks how they get a copy of your book and how they find out about your schedule and where you're going to be. Absolutely. So my website is anneberube.com. That's A-N-N-E-B-E-R-U-B-E.com. And you can find links to buy my book. You can find tools there also to help you with burnout from this perspective. And uh, under upcoming events, you'll see when I'm in Seattle and other places around the country.